Hello and good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I'm your host, your happy host, obviously, Mr. Boomstick XL. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we have a great show for you. I am buzzing with excitement for a lot of reasons. Um, as, as you know, the last podcast that I did was Thursday mornings, uh, breakfast at Boom, um, and I had family over. Um, and it was an amazing weekend hanging out with not only Josie's sister, but my awesome and amazing nephew, Tyler. And we got to do what, what Theos and, 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 and Ninos do. And we played video games and we went to GameStop multiple times and we did, went on some dude trips. It was, it was a lot of fun. But I'm jazzed to be here for multitude of <clears throat> reasons. One, well, it's the first first podcast of the week. It's the Xbox Factor podcast. This is now kicking off Double Barrel Gaming's, uh, you know, long four day run. When I do the uh, four day four shows, uh, four shows a day. But I'm more excited because we have someone joining us for the first time, folks, ladies and gentlemen. I found his channel. He does amazing content. He's only been doing YouTube for about a year. Daniel McG, my brother, welcome to Double Barrel Gaming. Welcome to the Xbox Factor Podcast. Hello, hello. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's a longtime watcher, first-time panelist kind of situation. I, well, uh, thank you. It's um, you know, it's it's really surreal. Actually, I've been a fan of all you guys for for a really long time. So if you uh, if you ask me something and it takes me a while to respond, it's because I'm so used to listening to the podcast that I might not realize that I'm on it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen, dude, listen, you do great content. Uh, the last two videos that you did, uh, I thought were absolutely fantastic. And I kind of want to just grab your uh, grab the people's attention. Uh, Daniel McGee's YouTube channels is titled exactly like that. Daniel McGee, all of his information, including the links to all of his channels, are, of course, in the show notes. He currently has 316 subscribers, and I would love, more than anything, uh, for anyone that's coming in today that that trusts me as a YouTube content creator, that trusts me as, a as I like to believe, a staple in this uh, Xbox community, if you want to check out uh, someone's channel that really goes and gives you the details that a lot of people skip on, I, I really do suggest you get over there and you check it out. His last two videos... Uh, he did a predictions, uh, uh, Xbox Bethesda showcase predictions, uh, which is highly uh, viewed at uh, 1.2K views. That was nine days ago. So about 18 minutes long, well worth the watch. And uh, then he drops an amazing video, folks. And this one, well, some people would consider it salty. I consider it, That's well, very bit. truthful. <laughs> it's called Xbox Management Problems. And he simply asks, does Xbox have a management problem? That video is about uh, about 20, just, just a little over 26 minutes. So please, if you don't mind, get over there, check it out. And obviously, you know, you don't have to sub on my, my, my word, but I, I, I definitely think that he's worth your sub. But let's continue in with the rest of the panel. I'm not sure if, Josh, if you can see this, but I'm wearing a Mario Kart 92 <laughs> t-shirt. Oh, uh, we got the same shirt, bro. Yeah, dude, the it's the Famicom shirt. one. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Josh, how are you? We missed you last week, brother. How you feeling? I, I am so, so, so good. Yeah, so good. So glad. I love seeing Halo on the screen right here. I got, like, I mean, you know, you, we, I've been playing Halo a long time. We, I had the best games this week. I had a Team Slayer game. 
Team Slayer. I went 33 and 6. I I absolutely went off. And Whoa. it was it was so that's, so much fun. That's like, one of those games you just on, dude. Yeah. It, it was it was so great. And it, what was crazy is we played last night and uh we've been getting we've been getting teams of four. Uh th- that's just been awesome. I don't know if I mentioned it on this show, but I jumped in to uh I think it was with some randos. And we just I love started, randos, brother. We just started hanging I do. out. I, I love I think randos. I talked about it. We the old X, the Xbox Live days. Like it was like this gal that was just making jokes about dying all the time, and her boyfriend was with her, and they brought a fourth. We played for two hours. It was like it was like the old days, man. And it was just like I've been having so much fun jumping on Xbox and 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 playing. So I'm so glad to be here. So thanks for having me. Ah, brother, thank you for being here. Boxenberger, you have a lot of stuff coming up. I, I, you know, we'll, we'll get at the, towards the end of the show exactly <laughs> what you're what you're doing. I'm going to be yeah. a part of a lot of the, your prediction shows and potentially your upcoming Friday show, which I'm very excited about. And yeah. I appreciate the invitation. How you been? And uh, listen, tell you know what, what you've been up to, what you've been playing. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank, first, um, welcome, Daniel McGee. Nice to be on a, on a show with you. Um, I bet we will have some fun today. Looking forward to it. And of course, welcome also to Josh and VJ. It's always great to talk to you guys. Um, yeah, man, I have been playing Fable, dude. I I just wanted to boot Fable up again and then do some that. screen captures for a for a video, and then I got hooked again and i just finished it uh, finished it uh, this afternoon it is awesome it is still awesome that game um it plays so good with fps boost and auto hdr looks fantastic i mean listen it's it's dated but yeah it still looks good dude it still looks good i mean there are a few things that are little well dated like you said like the camera movement and stuff but if you can see past that fable is still something very very special and i really enjoyed it and i'm actually debating whether to play the the fable 2 as well now um fable yeah, 2 is my favorite of the of the trilogy fable 2 is yeah, my absolute favorite same, for, for a multitude of reasons yeah yeah so yeah that that kept me busy uh, over the last days um Ah, Fable is so good. Can't wait for the show. But like you said, there's so much content stuff coming. I'll be on, in the next 14 days, I will be on 11 different podcasts. Um, <laughs> wow. So <laughs> it's it's going to be busy, <laughs> It's but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's game showcase season. And yeah. like you said, I have so ma- many things, uh, especially on my channel scheduled, uh, including a big, big prediction show um, on June 11th. But we'll talk about that uh, towards the end of the show. Absolutely. And last and no way least, probably sipping on his second spot of tea of the day. <laughs> BJ, my brother, how you feeling? Uh, good morning, Boom. Um, yeah, I'm really uh, just getting myself together and I'm um, looking forward to today's show. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to hearing your opinions on the show. Now, listen, I, I got to open up with a small, small little bit of rant. It's, it's where's the camera? Tiny rant. <laughs> Pongso couldn't be here today because obviously, well, real life, folks, right? And obviously, Mav is not going to be here. Because again, he's doing something family related. Uh, so uh, we hopefully we'll get them back from uh, Mav next week and Pong from time to time. The reason why I bring up Pong is simply because this weekend, uh, him and Steel Rain did what they always do on Saturdays, and they have you entertained for three plus hours on living split screen. And one of the topics that uh, that uh, Pong himself was very very passionate about was, of course, 
the uh, the confirmation or, you know, the rumor, I, I guess you can call it. Matty Place, who everyone knows, is a great YouTuber, a very, very trusted member of the content creation community. Well, he uh, brought to our attention that uh, Microsoft, he got from, very, from a source uh, that, that he trusts and he knows personally that Microsoft passed on Knights of the Old Republic remake. Uh, utter disaster. I talked about this on Breakfast with Boom on Thursday, but I just wanted to give Pong a shout out because Pong, you can tell he was he was he was disgusted with it, and, and I have to agree. There there are certain things that you don't pass on. I don't care about the money. I know that Steel Rain brought us some great points. You know, maybe you know it was a money thing, whatever. Look, here's the thing, folks. I'm not trying to be a D-bag. You know how I feel about Xbox. You know that they listen to this show, and I'm being critical as a fan, not to be a, a rebel rouser or, or a clout chaser. I love Xbox, but when they produce an L, I'm not going to sit on my hands and not go like this to the camera screen because not p- passing on Knights of the Old Republic, whether it's Aspire, whether it's Bioware, whether I'm making it, you don't pass on a game that's a legacy title. I understand they don't own Star Wars. I understand that they don't own it, but there are certain things that you just don't do. And that is, I, I, Pong called it an L, and I just want to reiterate with Pong what he had to say. I think it's an L. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know if we ever will. Will we get it on Xbox? Yes. But how long is that, is, is that exclusive? I don't know. Is it one year? Is it two years? Is it five years? We don't know because no one's talking. And on that note, thanks to Danny McGee, we just learned, and I heard about it, as a matter of fact, on Living Split Screen as well, that Knights of the Old Republic 2 that was made by Obsidian is coming to the Switch. Now you say, well, big deal. Boom, it's the Switch. Who cares? Well, if you are a fan of the IP, you probably should care because the modding community, which we know is absolutely fantastic, made a bunch of mods for story that was pulled out of that game originally. Well, guess what? The Switch version is not only an exclusive, but they're getting all that content that was pulled out for the price of, well, nothing but the uh, the, the, uh, the price of admission for the game. So Switch gets an exclusive. P- PlayStation gets an exclusive. And both of those games were on Xbox OG as exclusive. Now, I'm sorry. You're okay with that kind of shenanigans. Good on you. I'm not. So again, they need to do they just need to understand that sometimes money is more is less important than fan service. And th- seeing those two games on two platforms that I'm going to wind up buying them on, I can't buy it on my preferred platform. It's a bit disappointing. But it's 11 minutes in. We got 200 plus people here ready. Let's get into one of the spicier topics. Now, we have learned from two sources, and they both have conflicting reports. First of all, the first source, obviously, Special Nick, good friend of this program, great friend of the community, one of the hosts of the Xbox Era podcast. He is talking recently that he heard that Indiana Jones being being uh, made by Bethesda's Machine Games or Xbox uh, for first party studio now uh, Machine Games is going to be exclusive. 
Well, we also got information uh, that, uh, that, that in fact, is not the case. And that was talked about on the Xbox Two podcast run by two friends of this, of this program. But, of course, this community, Randall Thor 19, and, of course, Jez Corden, who works for Windows Central and also is co-host on that program with Rand each and every week. He heard that this is, in fact, going to be a multi-plat game. Now, I, I kind of have two minds on this one, folks, because I kind of feel that this is one of those scenarios where it can go one of two ways. Now, I want to throw, I, I don't have a way to do polls because unfortunately this software doesn't allow for it, but they're looking to incorporate it. So you'll see polls. Once that comes into the software, I'm going to do polls almost every, every show. I do want to throw this out there to the community first. Um, is Indiana Jones important to you as an exclusive? Should Does it need to be an Xbox exclusive, or is it coming into Xbox Game Pass? Is that the exclusive that, well, hey, listen, who cares if it's on PlayStation? I can get to play it for absolutely free or my $15 a month. Uh, throw th- throw your, 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 your comments, and, and, I, and I will try to get to them. But I, I want to start first with Daniel McGee on this one because he obviously is our special guest. <laughs> Look, Daniel, this is, this is a hot topic. Uh, Microsoft bought, bought the whole kit and caboodle a couple of years ago. Uh, Bethesda, all of their studios are now Xbox first-party studios. This deal from no, mo- multiple sources apparently was in the works for a bit before the announced acquisition of Bethesda and ZeniMax. Um, For you as an Xbox fan, does Indiana Jones need to be an exclusive or is it being in Game Pass enough for you? So for me personally, I mean, I I assume similar to to you, I'm, I'm kind of in two minds about it because it's, it is that thing where it's like, the number one thing that people hold against Xbox is that they don't really have any like big franchises that people recognize. Like they don't have a Spider-Man, they don't have Kratos, anything like that. Right. Um, And so having Indiana Jones lockdown exclusive to their platform would be a really big get for them. So I think it would be in their better interest to have it exclusive. But for me personally, it's like, well, I was going to get it on my Xbox anyway. If it's going to be day and date in game pass, that's where I'm going to play it. So whether or not it goes to other platforms really doesn't make a huge difference to me. Um, but I do think it's really funny with the situation of sort of how this all came about, where it was like one person said one thing and then the other person said the other. And then I think Jez ended up being like, well, my information's old, so it could be. So we're just kind of right back where, where we yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did say that. Yep, that's and, correct. Uh, and, you know, I remember when, when the game was first announced, it was just like a random tweet or something, like a random blog it post. It was. It was just, you know, uh, them scrolling over the desk and you saw the hat, you saw the whip, you saw yeah. LucasArts, you know. It was very well done. I mean, but, but there was no context to right. it other than, hey, there is an Indiana Jones coming. It's by Machine Games. And at that point, they already had been announced that Bethesda was in the process of being at- acquired. So you, you saw a lot of people like myself wondered, whether or not that was, uh, you know, addition, uh, you know, m- more addition to the hype train of Microsoft owning Bethesda, or was this, hey, we got to get this out there? Because if you look, if you look, if you scan over it, which I did multiple times, there's no platform announced for it. No. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's like 
you know, they announced it so early that it's like, okay, was this to hype up the purchase or was it that thing where it was like, okay, well, they already made the deal for the IP and the IP deal said that it was going to be on all these platforms, you know? So it's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it could go either way. Um, so <laughs> it's just, it's just a guessing game. At this point, you know what, and, and you know what, there's, there's some rumors that Indiana Jones may make an appearance at this year's uh, Xbox Bethesda showcase, which would be awesome. And I would imagine at that time, very similar to Starfield, you'll get someone from Bethesda saying that, yes, this is in fact an exclusive or it is not right. So I, I would imagine that we could get some questions answered in, in, in just over 12 days. Uh, let Josh, let's bring you into the conversation. But before I do, let me catch up some of these super chats. Cause it's been quite a few of them drawn TJ, like he, he always does, drops several very generous super, super chats. The first one of $2. He simply says, hi, panel, and boom, keep up the awesome content. Well, thank you, sir. Definitely appreciate you being here. Then he drops a 10 spot and doesn't say anything. Thank you for the outstanding uh, generosity. And Black Sausage, good friend of the program, he drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, seeing how both PlayStation and Nintendo have exclusive Star Wars games, it stands to reason that we may receive Xbox's answer on June 12th, Mando. Indeed, my brother, that is, in fact, correct. Supposedly, according to numerous people that we just mentioned, there is, in fact, a, a, a Mando game coming. And that is going to uh, be an exclusive to Xbox, and it's supposed to be made by Zenimax Game Studios. So, I don't know. It's 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 we're we're gonna know in twelve days, folks. Uh, Drawn TJ drops an additional five hours super chat. As if Indiana Jones is a single player uh, game, keep it exclusive. Otherwise, release it everywhere. I mean, that's that's a great point. Uh, Microsoft does need those single player games. That is for sure. Uh, we also have uh, another one from Drawn TJ. Does everyone hit that like button after dropping an additional? Very generous two dollars for chat and Sith Lord, good friend of the program, says this after dropping a five dollars for chat. Do we need? Uh, do we need to be no? But it could be uh, uh, could play best on Xbox. Do, uh, does, do we need it? No. But could it play best on Xbox Series and and be on PlayStation Four and not PlayStation Five? I think if it's on one PlayStation, it's going to be on both. And I think. Because it's so late in the game, just you know, it, it may it may be next generation only, and I, I'm hoping that we get to a point where next generation is in fact, uh, you know, a, a thing. Boxenberg, let's get your opinion on this because I, I'm kind of in the like I said, I, I'm in the mind of two camps here. Yeah, um, I kind of feel like something like Indiana Jones, in my opinion, is going to be the answer. The Tomb Raider. It's going to be the answer to Nathan Drake, right? Um, yeah. We we know that we, we know for a fact um, that my heart was broken that Crystal Dynamics did not become first party. I've talked about this numerous times. I'm going to keep <laughs> saying. I think it was yeah. just a. It's just a. It's a big whiff, but I understand the ramifications of why. I really thought Tomb Raider, Lorecroft had a place at Xbox. She still does. It's going to be a multiplex. That's fine. But when that original deal with um, uh, Crystal Dynamics was announced, they asked Phil Spencer specifically why this deal. And he came out and he publicly admitted, well, we don't have our own Uncharted. right? We wish we did. And now this is an opportunity that, to have your, uh, you know, your Uncharted, your, your own yeah. Laura Croft. 
but it's Indiana Jones, the OG, the one that started these other franchises. Does it matter to you that it's multi-plat, or is there an importance to Xbox proper to have it be exclusive? Well, I'm always in the mindset um, that do I have a I personally, me as a gamer, do I have a benefit from the game being exclusive? And um, usually the answer is no. I I do have a benefit from a day one Game Pass release that saves me a lot of money. But other gamers not being able to play the game on another platform is not helping me as a gamer. Um, that's usually where I'm uh, with, with uh, these kind of questions. And it doesn't matter whether you ask me about Indiana Jones or any other game. The thing is, though, um, that exclusives do matter in terms of um, a healthy growth for, for the healthy growth, growth of Game Pass. And that is also something very important we want to see because that will help, uh, or that's something where we will benefit as gamers from in the, in, in the long term. A healthy and growing Game Pass uh, will bring us other games day in date from third party games uh, into Game Pass. So, um, Xbox is in that has that narrative. Uh, it has no games, and it's still battling that. That and it will take them years until people won't have that in their minds. So having an exclusive could help them in that kind of way, and long term, of course, we gamers could also benefit from that. So um, if you rephrase the question and ask me, do I think it's going to be exclusive? Then I would say 100% yes. Um, I have zero doubt that this is going to be an exclusive. These games that, um, these Bethesda games that are released on the Sony and uh, PlayStation platform, um, of course, we have those in the first year or two after the deal went through. And Bethesda is now a little bit more than a year officially part of Xbox. Um, so, yeah, they still have those deals. But Indiana Jones has been announced in January 21. We heard the rumors that it went into full production in March uh, last year. And that means that this game is probably not coming out before 25 or even 26. Wow. So yeah, that's probably the realistic timeline that we are talking about. And now, fast forward three years, yeah, 25. We're talking holiday season 25.
That's a fantastic point. I haven't thought about it way, but we don't know what Well, it's targeted at 23. Okay. It's targeted so, for 23, and we all know that in 23, Xbox lineup should be pretty, pretty stacked. So, Josh, you might be onto something there. And that and that might be the case, that it's just that it's that it was more of a timing thing. And I mean, I don't know at this point, like I really trust Xbox and what they're doing. I mean, they've They've been cl- they've been climbing and making their way back for for quite a few years now, right? Like they've had yeah. to undo a lot of things, and and so w- we still live in a crazy time with with the way the world is and remote work mm. and and all that kind of stuff. And so there's an element of just patience of kind of just kind of just waiting this thing out. But I mean, it, it's one it's not a it's not a small ship to turn, but they're still oh, yeah. they're still turning it, and. I just I, I going back to indie. I'm just not sure. I know for the older generation, they're like, yeah, cool, Indiana Jones. Yeah, some but, nostalgia. Yeah, but the younger generation's like, what's Indiana Jones? Who, who, who's you that, know? Grandpa? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mean I that mean, guy was a Crystal Skull? Right. Yeah, that was like yeah. super corny. Right. I mean, at that at <laughs> the, it kind of left a bad taste in people's mouth. I would say so. It's 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 one of those things that I just don't know that that's the I don't think that's the play, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think they would be better off like, like finding <laughs> some other Marvel game to 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 get. You know, some some other mm. like iconic superhero. Yeah, with something within... like a Superman, or I don't know. I I see a lot of people always talk about Spawn, uh, but I, honestly, a Spawn wouldn't be the right one yeah, because it, it doesn't. It's just not <laughs> not. Um, famous enough um, not need... anymore not yeah any... not a... 20 years ago sure you know that's why spawn yeah, was but in even then, not, on the Xbox, not in europe right? not in europe yeah you, that's just the u.s market then and you and... you want a global brand spider-man is known everywhere around exactly. superman yeah. batman all these these kind of characters um i mean 
Iron Man and, and Captain America as well now after the success of the Marvel movies. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, that's that's the iconic IP they needed. And and we still don't know what that game actually will be. I mean, Machine Games uh, is making them. So they, they are known for first-person shooters. They have only done first-person shooters. And the game is direct by, directed by Todd Howard, who usually does big RPGs. And now we are all thinking about an Uncharted kind of game. It is, it is a weird mixture. And, and yeah. It's very strange, and and I don't know. Maybe that Marvel character, maybe that Marvel character, is something like Punisher, or you know, <laughs> yeah, like like yeah. It, it. Who knows? We don't know what we don't know a lot of what what Disney has planned that could that mm-hmm. could put. I mean, they could put Fantastic Four back on the oh, yeah. back on the map in a way that, that would, would be make something. Yeah, that you know that that maybe everybody's everybody's stoked about, just like they did with mm-hmm. the Avengers. Yeah. It's it's hard to say, but I mean. X, or PlayStation also had like some exclusive Iron Man stuff, right? and that didn't really Indeed. seem to get talked about all that much. I believe it was mostly it was VR, correct? If I remember correctly, and yeah, and, that was, yeah, that was, that was the VR experience. Uh, I didn't know it was also on PlayStation. I have seen people play that on. I think it was Oculus. Okay, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw it when I was at. I think it was E3 2019. I'm pretty sure it was in the PlayStation mm-hmm. booth, even with the uh, with with PSVR, but. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't know to kind of catch you up, boom. We're just talking about if indie is the right choice based on, based on just the fact that that it's not really a known, a well as well a known as IP as Spider Man. Yeah, right? no, I absolutely agree. First of all, I want to apologize. I actually just just checked with YouTube. They were having some technical issues, so anyone that was streaming was suffering the same way we were. I, I was watching stream live, and basically it was like Morse code. It always seems to happen to my streams. Uh, you know, it sucks. That's that's life. Listen, it's about maybe seven minutes of the show. The rest of the show is going to be banging. But I, I, I was listening, and uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, listen, Indiana Jones. I heard what you said regarding who's indie, who's Indiana, who is this old guy, right? We we're OG, so we know who Indiana Jones is. You know, someone that's just yeah, found, found the exactly. PlayStation. Uh, you know, ten years ago, they're going to be like, well, yeah, it, that's that's a copy of of of, of Drake. You know, he's the original, he's the OG. In fact, that's not in fact the case, right? Um, yeah. So it's, look, I'll put it to you this way. Like I said, f- for me, I have a strong suspicion that at some point or another, we are going to see something like Spider-Man find its way to an Xbox. And that's going to be made by Insomniac Games. I, I have a very strong suspicion. And this isn't going to be like the MLB situation where MLB Baseball basically told Sony, hey, listen, we're going to pull the license unless you make this multiplayer. Because that's what happened. Because they weren't they weren't seeing enough copies sold. They were seeing like 2.8 million copies sold on its best. And that's not good enough for Major League Baseball. I have a strong suspicion, and, and we just had a recent report that Sony themselves has said that we're going to be, we're going to be bringing a lot of ga- a lot of our games to multiplayer. What does that mean? Does that mean God of War is going to be Xbox? Probably not. But does Spider Man have a chance? I, I kind of think so. And I think that this Indiana Jones situation. Look, I'm, I don't care if the other guys play it. I'm not. I'm I'm not exclusive. It's got to be on Xbox. I, I I have to say that if you are in that camp. And you're you're like, well, wait a second. Xbox needs its own exclusives. I completely understand. Exclusives are an identity to your platform. Sony has it in spades. Nintendo has it in spades. Microsoft, they have quite a few. Uh, uh, you know, Doom is going to be exclusive. Fallout is going to be exclusive. 
whatever the next Skyrim is, Elder Scrolls, that's going to be exclusive. If you're going to want to play those games, you can play them on your $5,000 PCs that all these PlayStation play, uh, gamers play, uh, you know, claim to have. Or they're going to go out like most people and buy an Xbox and support on multiple platforms. Um, again, a rocky start for the show, to be honest with you. But VJ, um, I don't know if you got a chance to talk, but I definitely want to get your opinion on this. Because obviously, yeah. if you're finding the channel for the first time, VJ has been on both sides of gaming, both in development and in uh, retail, um, for you looking at this, hearing what everyone had to say on what you could ex- understand, thanks to YouTube just screwing me as always, um, how important or is it important to have something like Indiana Jones remain an exclusive? Um, I was just listening to the panel, and um, I, I think I think it really depends on the terms of the agreement between Bethesda and Lucasfilm. Um, if the license was afforded um, Bethesda uh, based on sort of several key pr- parameters, as I assume it might have been, and one of those might have been the fact that it's a multi-format title. And um, and I think that for Xbox, in, in terms of how they perhaps perceive the title, and again, I don't know, this is just speculation, right? We don't know, right? Then it might, for them it might be, well, look, if we're going to go back to Lucasfilm and negotiate, there might seem to be kind of sort of a, a seemingly sort of tawdry renegotiation, which perhaps Xbox don't want to do. So, and then from then you've got to look at it from the licenses point of view. They have such a huge say these days um, because they just know how lucrative the, from a consumer vision point of view, that licensing out content can be for them, potentially speaking, right? And um, I think Spider-Man kind of set the tone and uh, Batman before that. And um, and I kind I don't know, but the deal was perhaps made in the same sort of commercial vein or realm or outlook that perhaps the MLB had, right? As in, got to be multi-format, otherwise Sony, it's uh, not conducive for us to continue to work with you. And we'll look at licensing our IP to EA, Take-Two, or Ubisoft, et cetera, et cetera, right? And I guess the question is that fans are asking, well, look, we need exclusive content, as Box and Burger, as Daniel and Josh have said, right? And uh, could Xbox open up negotiations uh, with Lucasfilm, right? And yes, they could and pay, you know, pay the potential loss of revenue from from a competing format, right? But if I was Lucasfilm, <laughs> I would kind of be rubbing my hands and saying, okay, you know, that's fine. Uh, but we also want to be um, want recompense or compensation for yep. reduction in IP awareness and goodwill, right? Which which it would generate if it was available to 120 million more users, right? Rather than just having the, you know the cash sort of um, being put on their doorstep, right? So because um, you know everyone's IP is valuable to them, right? And they all want eyeballs on it. So. <sighs> Again, if I, if I was Lucasfilm, I'd just be looking at if um, someone's coming back to negotiate me, if they're worth their sort of salt uh, in terms of uh, business 101 practices, I'd be looking to increase that compensatory invoice. I, from Xbox's point of view, I just don't think, think I just don't think Xbox will be inclined to sort of keep it out of the hands of Sony gamers. As to, I'm kind of leveraging the point that Josh and um, and uh, uh, Boxenberger were making some apologies for that. But, yeah, I just don't think Xbox will be inclined to keep it out of the hands of Sony gamers if this was the case, right? Unless the game, boom, seemed like a real killer app, which mm. I don't know machine games that well, but I, I don't think they're really known for killer apps, not from the numbers I've seen. Perhaps I'm wrong. Maybe I'm out of touch. That, that's all fine. Um, well, the, the Wolfenstein, game, Wolfenstein games, um, they did pretty well. They worked. Quite a success. 
Uh, there you go. I'm totally wrong. Yep. Sorry. Apologies. So um, I knew Boxenberg was going to speak up. I was just, uh, I was just <laughs> queuing him up there to be honest with you. I, I got to defend my voice. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> knows I'm a bit cheeky like that. But um, what what they look if it is multi-format, if they don't want to renegotiate again, boom, we've talked about this. Then what's the really strategic play here? What might Xbox do? Um, if they don't want to renegotiate to do uh, renegotiate the deal, is um, for me it's it's always about value. What's the value? Place it in Game Pass day one and market the fact that it's seventy dollars on PlayStation and do it aggressively and make that a factor uh, that works in their favour. You know, unlike I know there's going to be diehard Xbox fans. You know, um, and I just you know play on the Series X consistent consistently, right? So actually, full disclosure, I did manage to get my hands on a PS5 a couple of days ago. So just just so that's out there. So nice. Look, unlike Xbox fans, sort of that are stuck in the ways, Xbox and Microsoft, believe it or not, are not in the business of alienating 120 million PlayStation fans and gamers or Nintendo or PC or any other format or any other dongle or any other way you can access video games in any part of the world or the universe for that matter if they, if, if, uh, if, uh, if the space program ever takes off. <laughs> and um, Phil and Xbox, Phil specific on Xbox, you know, always talk about inclusivity and um, and I think that Phil you know, looking at what their agenda is and what they want to achieve. They want PlayStation units in their ecosystem, paying that $15 a month, regardless of the fact that if, you know, Sony are sort of nickel and diming them, you know, as, as often we hear it here on the channel and in, and in the media. And and for me, it's got to be a strategic play and not alienate them in sort of any in any step of the way, right? And as Josh suggested, right, uh, making Indiana Jones multi-platform or keeping it multi-platform might work in Xbox's favor. It's not going to exactly be Starfield. I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And I'm talking in potential of sales, right? I mean, they'll be looking for um, Starfield to do 30 million units, right, or something something crazy like that, given the number of years and resource and costly delays that it's incurring, right? And, of course, we haven't seen it yet, but hopefully that will be remedied on June the 12th. And, look, I, you know me, Boom. I just don't get caught up in the emotion. Of- well, look, Sorry, again, I'm- we're going to know a little bit more, I think, um, by by – by the yeah. 12th right again it's rumored that uh that this we could see this game uh there in some form or fashion um i don't know if we're going to get uh you know gameplay i don't know if we're going to get in-engine gameplay you know or, you know that's 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 time looped or we're going to get an in-game engine yeah. trailer yeah. i would like to see the game there to honestly be honest do you think you. that's going to happen um considering that we assume that it is only one year in development right now a i mean more than a year it's, I mean, listen, again, we don't know. We're, we're all in the yeah. waiting game, unfortunately, and the 12th is going to be here uh, within two weeks, and we're all going to be talking about it leading up to it. All next week, uh, every show that I'm going to be doing is going to be some sort of prediction show because, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm going to give my spiel, but mm-hmm. I, I don't want to try and get everybody onto one show like Boxenberg is going to do because, man, that is a lot of stress. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the, so I'm already I'm, sweating when I'm thinking about this <laughs> show, man. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is we're going to we're going to talk. We're going to do a, somewhat of a prediction show on next Tuesday's Xbox Factor on Wednesday evenings, uh, primetime gaming we're going to be doing it one and then obviously we'll be we'll, we'll be talking about leading up to the show the actual full on prediction show for that Friday morning's breakfast with boom uh listen I want to move on to the other topic and once again I do want to apologize for the technical difficulties certainly well out of my my wheelhouse to fix that was a youtube problem and I I do trust me as someone that ex, that really 
goes over these shows with a fine tooth comb, when it happens, I get a bit dejected. And you're probably going to hear it in my voice throughout the show because, you know, we had almost 300, we had over 300 people here and we lost a hundred and something people because I wouldn't listen to me. I'd be like, F that guy. His, his stream sucks. And that's not my fault. And uh, it bothers me because you, uh, you know, everyone here works real hard and to have that happen, especially because we're introducing Daniel McGee, it, 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 it does bug me, but we will pre uh, persevere uh, and, and, and uh, we will give you a great show. So continue to listen. Uh, we have Takato, good friend of the program, generous friend of the program. He drops a $10 super chat and says, Xbox probably should talk to Brandon Sanderson about what he's working on next if they want a new IP. That's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, who's to say that conversation hasn't even already happened? Uh, the Collector. Uh, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for the very generous $5 super chat. And he says, do you think Microsoft is being too nice when it comes to co the console wars? Wondering why we aren't getting first play with more uh, with Modern Warfare 2. That's all contracts. Uh, I, I, I was under the impression that Sony may not want to pay that $300 million that they have to pay for the marketing rights. Uh, they they have uh, the dem uh, you know the the beta coming first for PlayStation. Um, I, it's still up in the air whether or not it's going to come with the Game Pass. It's highly unlikely in the, now that we know that Play, PlayStation has the first beta uh, for for the next uh, you know COD that's coming out this year. O again, it's one of those things. Only time is going to tell. Eventually, eventually, and it's not going to be next year. It's probably uh, twenty twenty four. That may be the first time that you see, uh, you know, Call of Duty jump into Xbox Game Pass. And, uh, you know, if we, it is what it is. You know, eventually they're going to own ABK and that deal hopefully gets finished by this week. And then they'll move on to someone else that they're going to buy. And it's, it's, you know, Call of Duty will eventually be first party. And even if it stays multi-plat, I've said this before, it doesn't even matter, folks. It literally doesn't matter because... It's going to be an Xbox Game Pass, and you won't have to spend 70, 76 43 here in New York for the next Call of Duty. You just have to press download, and you know, who cares if it's exclusive or not. But I do want to move on to one of the next bigger topics of the show. Bear with me as I pull up, of course, the show notes, which I had to pull down thanks to, of course, well, you know, what we're dealing with right now. Um, let me see if I can find them real quick. Just bear with me, folks. I apologize. I should have been doing this before. Yeah, you know what? I want to talk about this because this was discussed uh, on the Xbox 2 podcast. I think that this is the future of Xbox more so than just a, just a you know, we're, we're all diehards here, right? We're hopefully going to hit 300 people here. We are the hardcore, but we are also a minority within the gaming space. The majority is the casual gamers, the normies, people that buy one game a year. It's Madden. Buy two games a year. It's Madden NBA 2K. Buy three games a year at best, and it's Call of Duty or GTA, Madden, and 2K. That's just what they do, and they're kids. Man, they're American kids. casuals buy such different games than the European ones. Yeah. Over here is Call of Duty, of course, and FIFA. <laughs> and FIFA, yeah, and, and, and that's, that's another big one. Well, we have learned, thanks to, again, Jez Corden of Windows Central, friend of this program, co-host to the Xbox 2 podcast with Randolph 19 that the Xbox uh, codename Keystone 
is a cloud gaming streaming stick currently undergoing further iterations at Microsoft and that the product has been confirmed as being real. Uh, this is this is very interesting for a lot of reasons, folks. Um, a couple of years ago, Phil Spencer, during an interview, uh, said something that he got clowned on. Um, he said that we are trying to reach 3 billion gamers. And everyone laughed at him, everybody. Which, now, I didn't laugh at him because I understand that business, you got to reach for the stars. You want to you 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 know, you sell your wares to as many people that has eyes and ears, right? I, I don't think anything is wrong with what he said. But he got clowned on not only by the, the, the knuckleheads of Twitter, but actually gaming journalists. Oh, look at this guy, 3 billion gamers. It's never going to happen. I hate to tell you this, folks. He's got a good shot at it. Because if the ABK deal does go through, well, they own King. And King, we know, is a mobile uh, in, in the mobile market. And mobile market is big. But you know what else is big? TVs. Everyone has TVs, right? How many do you have in your house? I have three. I know that people that have big you homes have, have six, right? Well, this Keystone, which is supposed to be an HDMI-based uh, streaming you know, box or, 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 or something to that effect, is apparently under development. And it's, again, I've heard from different sources that I have talked to that the price, when it is released, is going to potentially shock you. Like, you're not going to believe how cheap it is. And I think that Microsoft has a real shot here for that, what we call in marketing, and I'm going to go to VJ first on this, impulse buys. VJ, you know about impulse buys. You were in the <laughs> business of, of, of course, in development, but also in retail. If Microsoft puts out a streaming box or a stick that's, let's say, 80 bucks with a controller, and at yeah. that time, when it leases, they can slap Call of Duty on that box or Fortnite or whatever, whoever mm -hmm. they partner with, that is going to fly off shelves, especially if they release it during the holidays. What are your thoughts on this con confirmation from Jess Corden? It was an exclusive for Windows Central that this 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 streaming thing actually exists, and that Microsoft, before putting it out to the masses, is it's undergoing multiple tests to make sure that it is the right product. Could Microsoft? gain a foothold on the entire industry, not only just having streaming, not only having the Series X and the Series S, which is expected to be under $250 this fall, but a streaming box that's going to be anywhere between 70 and 80, maybe even 90 bucks with a controller, they are now tapping into every possible vein of the market. And when you put it, when you consider a king being a part of that big overall plan, this is massive. Yeah. Um, sorry, Boom. I, I didn't know you were not going to allow me the opportunity to copy everyone else's homework on this topic. But I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. Um, I think we had um, a gentleman on right a couple of weeks ago, Thai boy Travis, the man in black or the young man with the school uniform with the ID badge missing, who kindly <laughs> graced our show a few weeks ago. He's, a, he's a good dude. He has some big opinions. I like Travis. He's a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know I like bouncing off of him and countering him, but it's a shame he's not on more often. Anyway, um, he didn't seem quite all that optimistic or a fan of such a device insofar as having a significant impact, let alone a home amongst gamers and, and unsuspecting future gamers. He he was actually countering the fact that who would actually be the client for it, right? And um, I may have that wrong, but I think I'm pretty accurate on that. And I'm no, sure I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he said something to that exact uh, yeah, uh, yeah. 
recourse. So, yeah. So for me, um, I, 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 I kind of, you know, shy away from popular opinion. I always try to give her a counter opinion, even if I, you know, fall flat on my face because that's what it should be about. So for me, boom, sub $100, ideally sub 80 with a controller, but the controller alone is $50 retail. But at the same time, I think you're here on a point, boom, because the bomb cost um, of, uh, of a controller, of that controller, of the, of the Xbox controller, now that I've had time to compare it to the Sony one, is probably some t sub $10. So I don't think you're that far off as in that retail price point. Um, or that I said I said at best a, a controller would cost 20 bucks to make, but I think that you're on uh, something. Building material is about $10, I reckon, on that boom. Yeah. Uh, from my experience, I've, I've been in I've been in accessory manufacturing for a number of years, so I've got, I've got a kind of a good idea. So um, for Xbox, I think that they've made, if you look at where Xbox are, they've made huge investments in content and studio infrastructure. I won't go into all that because that story has been told about a billion times. So they've spoken to shareholders and viewers across all the major outlets, um, be it via paper, web or TV, promising a hell of a lot. Um, again, I think primarily aimed at their um, at their shareholders, right, and, and their investors. And this streaming device is seemingly a facet of a larger plan in order to sort of deliver on, on exactly what they promised to be possible uh, or what they hope to be possible, um, even though I'm not convinced, but, you know, that is going to be 3 billion gamers, but they've got a conviction about them, which is fine. You know, like you said, Boom, you've got to aim for something, right? So um, for me, it's, again, about progress. And, you know, and I know in the show notes, we, you know, there was, there was a reference to a PlayStation TV that apparently didn't do very well. Um, and even if it doesn't do well, boom, it's not the point or the takeaway. In Sony and now Xbox's case, or even Nintendo's case with the Wii U, right, it's about making innovation and then observing to see what occurs, whether it succeeds or fails, so that you can then make better decisions longer term and improve design and services. And I think this is where Xbox is at. And as I mentioned quite a while back, those that lead provide guidance for those that follow. And Sony and Nintendo have led the industry in varying ways at different points over the last three or four decades or whatever it is, and still do in, in certain facets. And now Xbox seem to want to attempt the same sort of thing, right, uh, in terms of innovation and progression, right, and not continue to be, like you said, left behind, right? And there was, a, there was connotations or words to that effect from Boxenberger in, in the last topic as well, right, um, which is kind of still a little bit of a... Compet sourly sort of competitive taste in Xbox gamers' mouths, right? So, I think, I think, I think everyone else, um, and I'm talking besides Xbox, is happy to let Xbox lead and follow suit as as viable, opportune, and necessary um, because they'll let them invest and and show show what works going forward because they can afford to do so, right? Well, they, 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 obviously, a perfect example to your point is. What did Sony do? They watched and learned from Microsoft's both failures and successes with Game Pass. Yeah, how do we launch do. our own? How, how do we launch our own streaming service? Let's just watch Xbox do it. Yeah, let this them is, take this the is risks. Business one hundred and one. Yep. Business one hundred and one. And and this boom, but this move is not just going to serve uh, benefit Xbox. Besides us consumers, this is going to serve all platform holders and other people that will have tremendous amounts of intellectual property and content that want to put their games on, on this kind of dongle or, or get it out there via, you know, whatever this process is going to be. My only concern is that Sony and Nintendo have shown countless times, this is to your point, Boom, that you just made, which is a very good point. My, my, concern, my concern is that Sony and Nintendo have shown countless times they know how to strategize and profit in and around whatever Xbox, an extremely aggressive uh, and an untethered uh, beast, right, when it comes to, in, in terms of comp its competitive nature, right, even though, you know, they may have hits and misses. And now it's Xbox's turn, right, to invest and, and play... <laughs> 
I don't know how to put this, but play the role of big brother, but also make sure that they succeed. And and they don't, where Nintendo and Sony have succeeded countless times, they're around an aggressive player. I I, I, I can't categorically say, about the, say the same for Xbox. And this is why, I, I don't mean to sound like a, a broken record, but I am. June the 12th is fast becoming pivotal and key in terms of progression and everything that Xbox has got to offer imminently in the next next six months up until the year end or their financial year end, which is next June, and obviously into the future. And And I think, boom, in terms of, like I said to you, what they promise shareholders, this is a, this is a, a part of a bigger plan, and they've got to make it a success, some shape, way, or form. And as I say, controllers don't cost more than ten bucks to make, not the Xbox One, and um, you'd be surprised. And um, and the dongle again, I, I, I don't know exactly what the features are. If it has memory on board, except I'm not really a technical person, so that that item there, I have no clue what it costs to make. But I'm agreement with you. Sub 100, if it's 80 bucks, for sure, I'll, I'll be popping out to get one. Yeah, I, I would buy it just, just because I'd want to try it, to be honest with you. Real quick, Pragmatic Eagle, generous friend of the program uh, and longtime supporter, drops a very generous $10 super check. Thank, uh, thank you for doing that, brother. Definitely appreciate you being here. Let's bring in Daniel McGee, our special guest of today's show. Daniel, this is, this is the next iteration for Microsoft to try and reach out i mean listen playstation we we've learned is in the top 10 uh most uh in the top 10 uh franchises or ips or entities within um the you know the world that's looked upon as brands as brand uh, brand loyalty brand knowledge playstations uh, uh is in the top 10 that that's they have some pretty incredible company right uh, apple uh, uh, I mean, um, Peloton, uh, you know, um, they have so many of these big name companies. Sony's a part of that. PlayStation is a part of that. And that's that's hard to combat. Uh, but Microsoft seems to be gaining ground. And potentially, if all the cards seem to fall the way that they may, they could take over at one point or another market leadership for gaming. Not for everything, but for market leadership for gaming for sure, there's a good shot they have they have it that if if all of these games in development hit, and there's a good shot that they might. Mm-hmm. This particular streaming box, though, this is a very interesting conversation because it's, and I have in the notes right in front of me, we saw PlayStation TV literally implode on itself. Like it came out, and before you know it, it was twenty five dollars lit- sitting in the bargain bin. Sony tried something new, just like they tried a streaming service before. Remember, in, in 2014, they released the, the PlayStation Now, and it, and it just never really hit. Now they, they've changed some things. They've added a bunch of stuff. They've packaged it in with their new uh, $18 a month uh, you know, service. People like it. Some people hate it. Again, it's, it's not for me, but that doesn't mean it's not for everyone. Um, this is an opportunity for Microsoft to really grab an audience that is that that is currently a PlayStation audience, the casual audience. And Xbox Game Pass being at the front, forefront of every conversation, man, it does really paint a, a pretty picture for them, p- potentially. And again, it, it could fail. It could utterly fail. But with Xbox Game Pass being a part of this streaming box... Your fifteen dollars, which people are used to paying, services are a, a common common thing now, mm-hmm. right? Hulu's out there, Netflix is out there, Paramount Plus is out there, 
any 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 and all streaming you know companies have streaming something and microsoft is doing gaming they're taking the lead on that how big of a deal is this going to be especially if the price is right oh it's gonna be it's gonna be massive of course you know it's phil's talking about hitting that three billion player mark or, or unit sale mark i forget which guy exactly which one it was um and i agree with with boxenberger i you know that's a lofty number i don't know if we're gonna get to three billion like that's a that's a lot but if we get anywhere close it's gonna be because you can get game pass on a phone you can get game pass on a computer on a tablet and it's gonna be because of things like this now I, i'm not one of those people who subscribes to the idea that like streaming is going to replace gaming like it's going to become the new the new thing that everyone does um but this streaming box especially if it's 80 bucks 90 bucks like this is going to be the gateway drug to the xbox ecosystem right like this is going to be that thing where you already have a switch you already have a playstation maybe you even already have an xbox and you're just buying it for your kid or for a different tv like these things are going to fly off the shelves like we're going to see if this thing works even remotely well it's going to sell probably twice as much as the series x because the price point is going to be so appealing to everybody right um and of course there's going to be that argument of like oh do we count this in console sales do we not and it's like who cares really at the end of the day um but yeah like this is the way that xbox is going to become that that household name that they haven't been in a long time is just by sheer force of like power and to your point you know about it potentially being able to fail like i feel like they've already proven that that the service works like they've already proven that game pass is desirable. They've already proven that, that X cloud works for the majority of people. Right. So in terms of just, you know, whether or not it's going to function as a device, it really just comes down to whether or not it's going to be marketed well enough to let people know that that is a thing. Right. So I, I think it's a, a really big deal for him. Yeah. You know what? Uh, content is king. Right, we we all understand that if they have the content, uh, people are going to come to the service. Whether they w whether they buy an, because I'm I'm a traditionalist. Uh, I think most people on this are are traditionalists as well. You want the box under the TV. That's how I play games. Um, I you know I, I have I stream games. Sure. Do, is it my is is it my go to? Nah, not really. Um, but there are a lot of people, especially. Uh, the younger generation that grew up with in their cribs, in their strollers, they had iPhones, they had tablets. The parents said, here you go, here's the tablet. And they played all their fun games and they have become accustomed to that's how just, that's just how they game, right? Sure. They want the box, but they, they're just as good using touchscreen as, as for me, I, I wouldn't use that box and burger. I want to grab your opinion on this because you've talked about this before on numerous videos Microsoft has an opportunity to really push Xbox Game Pass into numbers that we currently see with Netflix, with Disney Plus, with Paramount Plus. Now with Halo and all the new shows that they're adding, is this a is is this a big deal for Microsoft to push this this narrative of streaming by just plugging something into your TV and making your TV an Xbox? Um. I want to say yes, but obviously it isn't because otherwise we would have that stick already. If it would be a priority for them, they would have already pushed that thing out. So something um, 
within their strategy obviously tells me that um, they are not really sure or they are definitely not prioritizing the development of that stick. Um, so uh, I think honestly they, they, that they probably had the intention at some point and they thought, hey, let's do it, put, put it out there. But you know as well as I do that things like the chip shortage and everything and the logistics around the globe makes things really, really hard. And maybe that's why they pushed it a little bit backwards in the pipeline and tried to focus more on an actual app. Because I have heard yeah. I have heard them talk a lot more about uh, working with TV manufacturers than them talking about a, a streaming stick. And it, may, it makes only sense. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, like five years ago or so, the Fire TV sticks and all the other streaming sticks were really, really popular. But at that point in time, a lot of people had TVs in at, in their homes that weren't able to to play all these apps. Yeah, they, they were not able to run an, an, a Netflix app or I don't know an, an Amazon app. That that has changed now. And I think almost everyone especially those people that are remotely interested in gaming have a relatively modern TV in their home that can actually run such an app natively. And maybe that's why, why they moved away a bit from an actual physical device in their, pri in, in their priority and rather move it towards um, an, a software-based solution like... Like an application. Um, an, a team like an, an actual app. Yeah. yeah, because, yeah, like you said, if they want to reach, uh, they, they said that numerous times, uh, these three billion gamers, they have to think outside of consoles and, and, and those boxes. Uh, they have literally to think outside of the, the Xbox. <laughs> um, they um, have to, to and they, they have, yeah. Um, the PC market was the first step. Uh, it's the biggest ecosystem out there and they brought that on board. Now we have the even bigger ecosystem with um with all the mobile um devices that are already able to run xcloud and now the only thing that is missing is other tvs to to run this natively and the question for them is probably what's the better way is it in a time where we have problems with logistics all around the globe where we have a chip shortage where we have all these problems is it really the, the right thing to do to launch another hardware device that people have to buy or is it to focus on a more software-based solution so i think um that's why we haven't heard anything official about this stick yet um it simply has moved down in their priority um Because again, if it were, were was a priority for Xbox, we would already have that stick. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. I mean, I I, th I think you're right. I mean, the, the, the certainly the the world being the way it is, there. You know, we do know that it's been already forecasted by both Sony and Nintendo that they're yeah. going to have some issues uh, all the way up until 2024, which yeah. is crazy because we're only literally half through 2022. Uh, Microsoft does not seem to have those problems i don't know why is the rumor true did they pay for chip priority i i, I don't know I'm, i'm not in the boardroom uh it, it certainly uh i again we have heard that it literally is uh you know two s's for every one x and they and when the chips the the yields fail for the series x they just go in it and they make a series s for 
Whereas PlayStation, yeah, well, that that's not possible. But the first thing you said is simple math. Um, of course, the die size for a uh, Series S uh, APU is only around about half of what an Xbox Series X is. Yep. So in the same way, for you can manufacture double the amount. That's that's definitely one key thing. Let me be honest, though. I've I've worked in the semiconductor industry um, for years. Um, not anymore, but I I I was literally an engineer. Uh, Putting up the um, the uh, lithography systems um, with which these chips are manufactured, and one thing that always comes up is yield. And uh, whenever you manufacture something, you will have defects, and the defects mm-hmm. uh, will impact the 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 um, the, the possible possible uh, clock uh, speeds you can run on these chips. And having an an a PlayStation uh, with a super high clock speed is simply um, limiting them to to smaller bins, which is basically the the um, yeah quality levels that you have in 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 the semiconductor uh, industry. And I think that this this is probably one of the key points um, for uh, as to why we see these. Um, these differences in in uh, output of consoles, but that's only one part. Honestly, I deal with a short chip shortage shits every day. I am in task force every day, uh, not for the gaming industry, but for the automotive industry. And actually, we don't have a chip shortage problem right now. We have a logistics problem. The logistics mm. for things around the globe are way better. And if Microsoft simply has a better network of logistics around the globe i think like literally if they have more truck drivers than sony does um and i'm really talking about these simple issues like the amount of available truck drivers or oh, it's, it's, it's a problem you know, it's a problem especially and stuff in like this country as well yeah m- much bigger it's much bigger I, I know i deal with the issues of truck drivers in, in, in the us on a daily basis <laughs> honestly <laughs> these problems um and i'm just taking the truck drivers as one example there are others as well um, but the logistic problems around the globe um, are, are significantly bigger than the actual manufacturing of the chip. But if you have the chip in your in your plant and you you have a problem of getting literally um, plastic foil to that facility to wrap those chips, you have a prob- logistics problem. And I don't know if that is happening with Sony or Nintendo in a bigger way. I'm just saying that these are the problems that that uh, we have to deal um, with these um, when we talk about a chip shortage. Yeah, It's more like having logistics problems for all kinds of things. And um, yeah, Microsoft being the bigger company, they might just have a better infrastructure there and have the advantage because of that so yeah. yeah sorry for going off range no here, no no but, no listen um, this is a conversational podcast that that's fascinating information that you may not hear in other podcasts josh i i want to I, I you know you talk about having a, a multitude of tvs in your homes because obviously you have adult boys that play right along with you the missus plays as well uh for you looking at this from a bigger picture taking a like 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 steel and pong like to say a third person or an rts view for this particular streaming box, Microsoft finds themselves doing really well in multiple countries, not just with the Series X, more specifically with the Series S, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic, right? But this streaming thing, this has a shot 
to really propel the Xbox brand into the general conversation of the normies, of the non-gamers. How important is this to their future plans on bringing Xbox Game Pass to be a, a traditionally supported platform like a Netflix, like a Hulu, like a Paramount Plus? I'm going to say it's the it's it's similar to the importance of Netflix getting onto the Wii. I don't know if you guys remember, I but remember we had that. to use yeah. a disc. But how many how many of our parents or even possibly grandparents were like, oh, I'll try Netflix because I have this box here that will actually run it. Right. Versus because when Netflix came out, there wasn't smart TVs. Really? Right. I don't I mean, it was that we were all running everything through. We were our, still mailing discs back in, bro. We, we were. And <laughs> and we were we were running we were running stuff on our 360s or or the Wii, you know, I mean, I didn't, why would I even watch TV like Netflix on, but I had to have that disc, right? It was just like one of those things, like I didn't need it, but it was still, it was still there. But then when the, we got moved to another room, th then the kids could watch Netflix on that if they wanted to, right? It yeah. was still, it was still an option. I think, I, I, I think what this does, especially it, you know, I've heard people talk about this. Maybe you guys confirm. I tried looking it up, but but I think there is an issue with Japan and the PS5 based on the size of the console, right? It is very large. And, and, yeah. and that look, here's the thing, folks. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when in Japan, people would wait online for two days to get their said console. The PlayStation 5, as at then its size, might have still been an issue. But that culture... That region is not the same region anymore. They are mobile gamers. They are gamers that like playing in cafes. They like playing on their pewters. But you know what else they also like? They like size smaller things in their flats, in, in their apartments, which we know in Japan are small. And that's why the Series S, I don't know how, I mean, listen, I don't know how many people of the nearly 350 people we have here are on Twitter. Like, I, I don't know. But I know that on my timeline, I am on a daily basis, at least five times a day. Follow me, Mr. Boomstick um, XL on Twitter. Whenever I see these, I just got my Xbox for the first time from Japan. I'm welcoming everybody. Hey, listen, welcome to the family. This is wonderful. I'm getting it in my timeline all day long. And that's, listen, Sony is known, if you remember one of the biggest conversations from, and they polled, from Mitsuwave polled Japanese gamers, they felt abandoned when Sony pulled out of their main headquarters out of that region of the world to the U.S. And that is a fact. So is that, is that a contributing factor, Josh? I don't know. But we know that streaming, guess what, is doing really well in that region of the world and having a, even something smaller. Would, would do dividends for Microsoft. And yeah. the articles that I'm seeing about Keystone or whatever is that they, they've, they've scrapped the idea that's going back to, you know, back to the drawing board. Yes. Whatever the case may be. But let's talk about that potential drawing board. Maybe that drawing board is more than just the streaming on the TV, but including something that allows people to get that subscription. We already utilize it, right? I have a backbone that I use with my iPhone, right? You can get the clip that, that so you can hook that controller. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they not only tackle 
this tiny device that they can that that you could sell you know worldwide but they also look at the success of the switch and say wait let's make sure that the the mobile cloud gaming is also included in this whole marketing for this thing that 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 they're essentially go and i'm not it's not that it's about like 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 taking the the market share from the switch but about looking at that success and going we can do this with the device that people already have for a fraction of the cost they buy the controller they buy the keystone and it comes with a clip that that same controller attaches to their phone or or part of this whole thing is that that controller that they make attaches to mobile devices and 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 now now they're they're in that and, and especially for the the japanese market like the, the Japanese will sit and play Monster Hunter on DS on subways. Yep, that's right? fact. Yeah, because they they love it. They mm-hmm. they 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 love it, and that's 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 how that culture is. And so, I think another factor here, though, is that what games are going to be out and available that are going to appeal to that market at the same time, and and to really to because. Because the U.S. market is is in pretty good shape with Game Pass, but yeah. but w- w- what about some of those JRPGs? What about some of those other games that are going to be um, more appealing to that audience? There, you know, and- Josh, it makes to to that amazing point that you're making. It begs the question: all of those trips to Japan that Sarah Bond and Aaron Greenberg and Phil Spencer himself were going, right? I mean, it's there. There's a reason for it. Again, this is this is a long play, Josh, mm-hmm. and it looks like everything that they've been doing all these years are coming to fruition. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I and I think we're seeing. We talked. I, t- I said it earlier. It takes a long time to move this ship, right? Yeah, it it's does. Not, and and. I don't know if this is a this may be an unpopular opinion, but to me, I feel like even some of the acquisitions that have taken place have been with with studios that have been struggling to a certain extent. Right. When you hear the words fallout, it's not in a positive light like it used to be in the era of the 360 yeah 76 kind of really it, it stumbled. I mean, 76 now is an amazing game. It's totally different than when it sure. launched. Yeah, but I think what what I mean, Phil Spencer, the team at Xbox, everybody, they're seeing they're seeing that long play and they're going, look, like there there's there's the, the IP is massive, but the IP is going to mean nothing if those games keep stumbling when they launch. Yep. Right. And so they like launch this device when when Starfield and Skyrim and some other I mean, who knows maybe scalebound ends up coming back right like i have no i have no idea but i mean I, i'm 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 dreaming big you know what i'm saying and but to really i mean this is where this is where xbox can really strike and yep. they can say look now there's now there's how many of these de- de- devices out in the world like let's 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 fast forward five years from now keystone launches and it's a you know whatever the price point's 100 bucks whatever that case may be well if there's you know 
I mean, we're talking millions and millions of these of these things out there so people can play Game Pass. Well, now you're going to have other services looking at it going like and a potentially PlayStation going, yo, we could get subscribers if we can get on this thing. Or are they going to try to then bring back PlayStation TV? I, I don't I don't I don't know how it looks, but I've taken up a lot of time. The, the the last thing here, though, I mean, I know all of us have probably tried to cloud gaming. I tried playing the show on my on my 2K monitor. It suffers. Right when you do the cloud, yeah. you, you, you're, you're, it, it, the, the graphics suffer. That being said, I picked up a copy of the show for the ease of use to play with my dad while on vacation without having to pack mm-hmm. up my Xbox. And did he care? No, nope. he, he did didn't not. say a word. No, nope. and he, just he was probably in amazement <laughs> that he was playing that game. Oh yeah, he just he lo- he was just like I would just get a text. Home run derby. Yep. <laughs> and, and we would I sit and play that's, for a, for a couple fun. hours. Right. I, I, I mean, it. and, but that's, that's the, the, to be able to just take that keystone on a trip with a couple controllers and have my entire library of Xbox games right that, there at your fingertips. That's, that's yeah. crazy. And then to be able to grab my backbone and still play those games just as long as I have decent Wi-Fi. Like we're we're talking we're we're talking about major shifts in the industry, like major plays happening, and it's gonna take it's gonna take time, and let them take that time, right? Everything yeah. everything's going the right direction, and and just just keep on moving. I know I know there's a sense of uh, like like urgency, especially from the fan base of like we need something, but <laughs> but but yeah, like 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 we're, we're, it feels like we're we're drowning, but like like they they're making the plays and they're making sure i mean if starfield launched and it was in it and it is not amazing it's a bad look like of course it is yeah we, they can't they can't have that delay that game until 2026 if you have to i know that's <laughs> not what people want to hear but like but make sure when that game launches that everybody's talking about it and not a single person wants to miss out on having game pass because of how great that game is. You know, what I want to do is, uh, again, I, I appreciate everyone. Uh, th- this is The chat is flying, so I can't even keep up with it. We had over <laughs> 350 people here, which is amazing. Uh, everyone is really passionate. I got to catch up on the Super Chats, but I do want to simply just paint a picture uh, for to close out this topic. Folks, if you don't think the normies or the casual audience matter, I'm going to paint the picture for you. Just imagine... Again, this is this. I'm, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just. It, it's my imagination running wild. If this thing is eighty bucks, seventy nine ninety nine, and it's an, you know, it's a nice fancy box, and on that box, Xbox Game Pass, Xbox, whatever it's going to be called, Series T for TV. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, right? But on that packaging, play Call of Duty first here. People are going to line up to buy this thing. And they're going to buy two and three at a time. They're going to buy one for grandma. You're going to buy one for that family plan. Yeah, yeah. It's going to literally fly off the shelves. And that's why this ABK deal is so important. Because, like I said, let's call it Xbox Stadia. You know, Xbox Stadia. Sure, why not? (laughs) I'm sure they won't get sued for that. But (laughs) listen, I like what Microsoft is doing. I like the fact that they are trying to bring in new players. I like the vision of Phil Spencer and the team over at Redmond. I do want more from them. 
Um, and they're going to deliver. The ABK deal is proof positive that they're in this for the long run. Yes, they need to get those first-party games cranking, and once they do get cranking, uh, it's going to be amazing. I, I do want to bring up uh, the next topic, but before I do, uh, Drawn TJ drops an additional five-hour super chat and says there's going to be five first-party games that will release next year. Just let that sink in. Yeah, it's, it's, there's going to be at least five. Uh, and again, I, I said that, and, and I hope I'm not, I'm hope I'm wrong about this. There is going to come a point that games are going to have to be shelved like films because they're just going to be they don't want to eat their own lunch. There's going to literally be too many games ready to go. Now, is that a good or bad problem? That that, that that's really logistics. That's on you. I, I I think the more games, the better. I would love to see one every quarter. That's what Phil Spencer promised. That's what they are probably going to start delivering next year. I was hoping it was going to be this year, but it's not. So it's fine. We unfortunately have to wait to 2023. But I think there are still some surprises that are going to be coming. Uh, we also have Tay Talks. Tay, my brother. Oh, he's all the way from the UK. If you don't know who Tay Talks is, definitely go and check out his YouTube channel. He was on the he was on Primetime Gaming a couple of uh, a couple of months ago. Tay, we got to get you back on. Great, great content creator he drops a five dollars a five pound super chat and says if the streaming option equals G geforce now or stadia quality add game pass and the ability to play on any connected device it will be the future indeed it will brother thank you for that uh um um I grow fire 67 drops a very generous uh, five dollars super chat and says OG Xbox one was 28 nanometer uh, uh, sock shrink it down to five six nanometers and add 256 uh, or 500 flash drive uh, flash storage and you and you got you, you've got a hundred dollar box that streams and plays games oh wow this guy must be a developer thank you for the incredible insight but thank you for the generosity as well and danny oh wait a second hold on a sec oh man this chat is flying hold on i apologize we had danny passion official drop a super chat danny welcome back brother he drops a five dollar super chat and says if it is a stick uh if it is a stick it has to work great the first impression is very important more for casual who may never heard of xbox series x and s on streaming app is better yeah that's probably why they went back to the drawing board because they understand that you really only have one shot with consumers that that is for sure we also had a ten dollar super chat come in from highlander zero zero one a very generous ten dollar super chat says i was in the hospital for a week ah oh, dude i'm sorry to hear that brother hopefully you're feeling better now and i was streaming uh my uh on my on my x on my xbox and game pass to my tablet five nurses saw me playing asked what and how the nurses got a series x for their kids cause of streaming that's a great story dude i'm sorry that you were in the hospital but hey man xbox should throw you a, a free game because you sold <laughs> so potentially even more so good on you brother and i'm glad that you are back home but that's a great great story folks obviously you've been hearing me talk about halo if you follow me on twitter constantly po posting my big wins i don't really post my bad losses i've had some you ever you ever play a game where you got like 13 deaths and like five kills and you just want to you just want you want to throw your controller i don't throw controls because they're expensive uninstall I've had a, 
Rage quit, uninstalled, never go back. <laughs> uh, I've had, Play I've had quite a few of those games, but I've had more great games than ever. I've, I obviously finished season, uh, season two, the Battle Pass you saw. I did it live on the air for you. I hit 100. I'm working on season one. I only got to level 52, and I am level now 81 on that. And I did that over the weekend, even with, even with Tyler here. I was playing 20 games per day. I'm, I love land grab. Land grab is you seeing me playing. It's great. I like Fiesta. Those are my two favorite modes. Uh, you start with random weapons and you just go crazy. Sometimes you got crap weapons and sometimes you start off with a sword. And I like that because then I go around like Freddy Krueger just cutting people to shreds. And it's amazing. But that's not what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about is what is on the thumbnail. Now, the artist, and I'm going to get his name because I'm going to pull up the... Uh, um, the, the show notes right now. One of the things that I think Halo is lacking currently, folks, is the fact that there are no licensed IP skins. Now, look, we understand that Phil Spencer has a, he has a thing for not wanting to get involved with licensed IPs that he has no control over. And that's understandable. He's the boss. He's they they he, you know they're 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 slightly gun shy. They've had some problems in the past with licensed IP. So my hope and 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 gaming God prayers to get a Boba Fett uh, Marjolin armor skin or a Stormtrooper or a Captain America or a Deadpool skin. I don't know how long it's going to take to get there. Uh, I asked this question and I posed this particular topic because we have seen Fortnite. And I understand Halo Infinite is a totally different animal. It's still free to play. I get it. But Fortnite, they have all of these connections with multiple franchises. I mean, they've had everything from DC to Marvel. They had the Matrix. They've had, they've had G.I. Joe. You name it, they've had it. And I understand that this free-to-play scenario for Halo specifically is new. It's, a, it's an uncharted path, so to speak, for 343 Industries. But something needs to happen in regards to getting more people to play this game. If you're not playing Halo, I understand. Maybe it's not your bag, but this game is magnificent. There is nothing wrong with the game. Yes, does it need more content? Hundred percent. I've played the, the when you play when you're playing, uh, especially on land grab. It's four maps. It's the same four maps. That's unacceptable. We need more maps. That's that's all I'll say about it. That's the only that's the only negative I can say about it. But what kind of blows my mind as a content creator who's constantly writing? I write all my own scripts. I, a lot of the topics, sometimes there's nothing to talk about. I'll write my own original topic. I love that, in fact, doing that. This is one of them. Microsoft currently owns so many IP that they own, specifically with Bethesda. Could, could someone in the audience, we have over 350 people here, and I want to welcome everybody. But I have to pose a question to not only the fine folks in the audience, but, of course, the esteemed panel. With Microsoft owning Bethesda, how is it that in season two, we do not have 
a Doom guy uh, skin? How come we don't have a Fallout battle? Uh, you know, the the the, the, the Fallout uh, seventy six power armor. The, the, these are they should be automatics. Now, if you don't want to make it a part of the season, I hear you. That they're they're doing lone wolves. That's great. I'm having a great time. Land grab is amazing. But sell me the skins. Leave it up to me to who to 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 allow me the player to pick who I look like. I'm just saying that with so seeing how well Fortnite does it, I would imagine that when they were thinking about bringing uh, Halo Infinite free to play, Fortnite was at the forefront of that conversation. And if in fact that is the case, and again, I'm just spitballing here, folks. I wasn't in the boardroom. You got to do better when it comes to supporting this game long term. You want to bring people in. You got to bring skins in that are going to attract people who want to dress up like, like, like Deadpool. Dress up like Captain America. Dress up like Iron Man. Dress up like Doom Guy. Whoever, pick pick your favorite franchise, and they should make a skin for it. And I and I understand. Like I said, I understand Phil's, um, you know, reluctancy to get in bed with licensed IPs. But sometimes you got to spend the money to make money. Let let, let Josh. I want to bring you first in here. You are our resident Halo professional. Am <laughs> I onto something here? Does does licensed IP skins have a place in Halo Infinite's evolution to becoming a more mainstream free-to-play game? It absolutely does. I mean, it goes back to Halo 3 and the Hayabusa armor. Yep. Right? I mean, it goes all the way back there. But as as you were... I'm going to take a quick detour. I just want to point out... I, I pulled up real quick. Roku has sold about has about 61 million monthly active users and wow. Amazon Fire Stick has sold more than 150 million of their streaming devices worldwide. Okay, just to kind of go back a little bit to what we we're talking about with the Keystone, Microsoft's paying attention to those numbers and what they're going to be potentially yep. selling. That's more if they they have the potential to sell more than the PS2, than the Wii with that device. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Last last little bit of uh, uh, on that, but yes, I the the getting the license IP on Halo. Yes, please. As you were saying it, and you were talking about uh, Doom Guy, I was thinking Skyrim. And what if what if when you use the repulsor, it sounded like the dragon? You know, like when you had Dude, this... <laughs> I love what you're putting down. Honestly, it's fantastic. You know, like, well, I can't remember what it was called because I haven't played Skyrim in so long, but it was like, you know, it was, was like some... their howl, their roar. The, it, it was yeah. a Fusro Da. There it is. That's yeah. what I was looking like. If, if Good that's save, one... Daniel. Excellent. And I don't know if you guys remember, but you could scream that into your Kinect back in the day. It was one of the was... best uses of the Kinect. Because yeah, absolutely, did you look like a yeah. complete idiot doing it? Yes. Was yes. it fun? Also, yes. Yes, right. And so, so I mean, yes. I I I believe the time will be coming when the the three four three has done amazing things, and they've had some they've had some shortcomings, right? And they've been on an uphill battle this entire time the the core gameplay of halo is fantastic um it is amazing dude yes the the point-to-point combat listen i said this before josh please uh be on uh, be, be on my team when i say this yes i would dare say 
that the shooting mechanics in Halo Infinite are better than Destiny 2 has ever been. That's my opinion. Hmm. Uh, I will tell you this. I love the pulse rifle when I played Destiny, right? Because it was like a BR. Mm-hmm. Like the, the BR for me, and like I, I talked about when, when the show started, get a BR in my hand and I'm having fun in Halo, especially like we're looking at Behemoth right now. If you start with an AR, which you just did, it makes this map rough. Like, give us BR starts on these on these medium-sized maps that needs to happen. Big team battle needs to be BR starts. It's going to change the way the game plays. I get it, but I think it's also going to, to make it more fun for everybody. Like, the AR that's not able to shoot that far. Come on. Come on. But as far as the, the license IP, bring it. Deadpool. Indiana Jones, if you will. Like, give us, give us Indy's hat. You know, I don't know. Whatever, whatever it is. But but there's there's so much out there like star wars and stuff like that i i don't know does it work does it really work if i look like darth vader when i'm running around as master dude i listen i'm sorry maybe i'm a part of the problem josh but i'm dropping 10 bucks on that skin i'm I'm sorry well i i think i think at the end of the day what we would see is something that Looked like Vader's helmet, but was still very Halo. Yeah, it, aesthetic, it would be their right? armor, just it would have traits of said character. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you give me, you give me, you give me a a Boba Fett helmet. You give, <laughs> like, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm definitely down. But I think they need to get to. I, I, I does that bring the people right now, or, or does the BR does the and I say it like the the a battle royale. Is that what's going to like? We have to get the player base there. The player before, base. Like, listen, if, if if certain affinities battle royale mode is revealed and potentially, and again, folks, this is just I'm throwing it out there. I, I it's not for me. I'm not a battle royale guy. It's just that's not my thing. I, I like Slayer. I like Capture the Flag. I like Big Team Battle. So that's what I'm going to continue to play. But there is an audience, a younger audience who loves br and if that's released and it does bring in the player player base like you're suggesting josh and it would it would bring in they need something to attract and continue to get that audience to come back licensed skins would then be extremely important to the conversation i think the fortnite formula is the the gameplay it is so much fun and and it, it that's what's really drawing people and then they monetize that audience right yep and and i don't i don't think i don't think the license ip is going to bring that audience as much as i would love it to i think and, and look like what has apex done they they started with a battle royale it's fantastic I, I know some people are not loving season five right now in that game just because of the way a lot of people are just kind of playing very slow and it's 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 slowing it down, but uh, slowing down the overall gameplay. But then what does Apex do? They say, hey, we're going to bring in like the kind of the Trials of Osiris style gameplay that Destiny offers, right? The 3v3, yeah. one life at a time. Like Halo has a a massive amount of game modes you just add the BR on top of that. Boom. You never have to go in it if you don't want to. Right. No, but, no. Again, it's not for me and that's fine. You know, it's for somebody though. And, and, and I think, I think 
as much as I, I I wish that Halo was still, you know, leading the way like they did, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it's no longer the case. And so if they have to follow some trends, but also then build upon those trends, get that player base where it needs to be to then bring that 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 licensed IP because they have Can to I throw something that at you, Josh. IP. Can I throw Absolutely. something at you that's going to make you smile? Oh, Mike please. Scarborough in the chat says plasma sword equals lightsaber. Yes. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, force push is there with the repulsor, right? I mean, there's, there's some things that they could, they, they could absolutely like, uh, yeah. You want to hear the, hear the emperor scream, do it or something every time you throw one of the uh the 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 lightning nades or whatever i mean there's there's definitely some fun that could be had like i i don't doubt it and honestly i think seeing some like like uh capes or cloaks similar to what chief looked like in the marketing material for halo 5 like to 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 mix things up like like bring it but we have it whatever happens we have to get beyond the pass of the battle pass beyond the point of the battle pass just giving us a shoulder piece Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, it's... yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, listen, uh, I like I said, I am entrenched. I play. It's the only game I'm playing right now. I'm gonna finish the battle pass by week's end, and I'll have season one and two locked up. I'm very happy with that. I've never finished a battle pass in my gaming life. In the history of me gaming, battle passes started. Obviously, you know, you saw it with PUBG. You saw it with uh, with Fortnite. You saw it with uh, Apex. I, I I don't play those games. I play Halo um, and I, I'm quite enjoying it. So I, I agree with you. I, I think there, listen, right now, 343 Industries delivered on the gameplay. The, the foundation for Halo Infinite moving forward is extremely solid. They just need to do, do some iterations in regards to what other uh, uh, free-to-play games, which have all seen growing pains. It's not the, they're not the first one. Apex Legends have seen it. Fallout, I mean, um, uh, Call of Duty, Warzone has seen it. Um, you know, they, they've they've all seen it in one way. Fortnite itself has seen it. So listen, they, well, they Fortnite is a BR there. because of the failed first attempt with the with their survival, like their survival game. Yep, that's correct. Right. Yep. I mean, so there we are. I, 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 there's one other thing. I had somebody comment on the Halo Infinite podcast saying that I need to stay as far away from Halo as possible because I said this. So I'm going to throw it out here for you guys. But I would love to see random loot drops in Halo Infinite to where, like, if you know, I get a hundred, I get a hundred BR kills in in a play session. Something drops that's unique, right? Maybe it's a helmet that is only has a that that takes a certain visor i I, because of the way they have things set up with their shaders and stuff it's a little bit i I don't know how it would work exactly but boom you're done now with your battle pass what reason do you have to go back in and you it's more difficult now you can't earn you can't earn swaps any longer Mm. so to then do your weeklies you're you're stuck literally playing this game the way they have it designed right now which is not ideal Especially when you play with friends because, hey, I need to do this and you need to do that. And, oh, I'm in Slayer, but I need to get uh, this kind of kill with this weapon or whatever. On this this mode, yeah. And 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 some of the modes you can't even pick. Yep. It's all – it's it's rough right now. It's super rough. But I want those long-term – like 
what what do I get when I do ten thousand battle uh battle rifle kills? What do I get when I get ten thousand pistol kills? Like they need to add some of that carrot on the stick. Yep. And if it could be a, a a random, you know, I get a random BR skin that nobody else has because that that other the other thing with this game right now is either you have everything that that everyone else has purchased or everything right. that everyone else has has unlocked. And I want to start seeing some of those things that can start setting us apart right and maybe the beginning of the season they're like hey here's the 15 random drops that could happen throughout the season so yeah, at the very point, least dude. when yeah. you complete your battle pass you still have a reason to go in and keep playing this i'm not saying that that we don't live in a time anymore where people just jump in and play because the game is fun we live in a time where people want the carrot on the stick and so they have to deliver yeah, no, dude. I mean, again, great, great stuff. Let's bring in Daniel McGee. Uh, look, yes, sir, yes, sir. Th- there, there's a lot of people that get in their feels about Halo. Uh, and listen, if you are, I, I we got to talk about this because I love Halo. I mean, listen, I, 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 and Josh, do me a favor, real quick. How the hell do you tell how many games you've played? How, how do you how do you figure that out? Tracker.gg has all of your information. Tracker.gg. I'm going to check that out because I'm in, I, I'm interested to see how much how many games I've played. It's it's got to be in the hundreds yeah. for sure. The, the the API is out there, but it's not on Waypoint. I don't know why. It should I'm be on Waypoint. Sure. I mean, it should not. It should be on Waypoint, and you should be able to see it in the game by itself already. Yeah, like, yeah. You should, again, these there. these are small ticks that they have to fix. Listen, Daniel. Let's get your opinion on this. Uh, obviously, the the gra- the groundwork for Halo Infinite on making it a, a, an important piece of free to play material is there. The gameplay is is addictive. It's 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 done very well. Everything feels mm-hmm. solid. But skins skins are the talk of the day simply because well, it's an important aspect to many of the games that we see w- in popularity. Whether that's Apex Legends, whether that's uh, you know, um, Call of Duty, uh, you know, uh, or, or, or of course, more importantly, Fortnite, which is really does, uh, you know, dig its heels in the sand when it comes to skins. Skins are are a big part of what makes that game tick for you. Yeah. How important do you think it is for evolution wise? Do we see them team up with Marvel and do, you know, Avengers like skins for the, the armor? Uh, you know, I don't even know if it necessarily needs to be like, like big IP things. Like the fact that there aren't skins in there already for some of the IP they already own is already mm-hmm. weird enough to me. Um, when I was reading the show notes on this originally, I was like, ah, I don't know, like I probably wouldn't go in and buy any of those. But Josh actually sold me on it when he was talking about the uh, the dragon shout repulsor thing. Like, there's a lot of really interesting things you could do. Like. Let's say you have a, a new Vegas themed armor and then your AI that you throw out is like Yes Man or Victor or something from that. Like there's so many interesting tertiary things you could do with the different upgrades and unlocks that you could get that it's it makes it so much more interesting. And then when you start talking about like, okay, what if there's like a Darth Vader themed one and then the repulsor becomes force pushed and the sword becomes a lightsaber and it's like, okay, think about how well that pairs with something like Forge. Where it's like now we're making Star Wars themed levels. Maybe you don't even necessarily get skin, just skins, but it's like okay. And also we're going to add a Tie Fighter to the Forge that you maybe can't fly, but you can put it around. Like just asset packs basically to throw in there to make your own like licensed maps for these things. Like there, there's so much possibility of what you could do in this playground. It's an untapped once market. Once all the pieces the are there, <laughs> yeah. 
No, I, I I like what you're putting down, Daniel. I I, I think that I, I didn't even I didn't even think that far down. I did, didn't look that far down the rabbit hole. Imagine if you were able to make Death Star level levels in Forge. Again, we we got to get the Forge. That that's that's yeah. something that's got to happen. <laughs> Forge is going to happen. Um, we got you know this, you know split screen's got to happen. That's you know they they are behind in a few things. But like I said, as a core as as, as for its core. The gameplay mechanic for Halo Infinite, it works, and it works really, really well. Boxenberger, I want to grab your opinion on this, brother, because I don't know how how much of Halo you play. Um, But this, you know, they want to grow this franchise. They want Halo Infinite to be included in the conversation of the big free-to-play games, right? It's not there yet. It, we know it's not there yet. That that is an absolute fact. Is it doing well? Sure, it's doing well. Could it be doing better? Thousand percent. How do you do better? Well, obviously, Forge is going to be a part. That that's something that uh, has always been unique to Halo, and this Forge community is just incredible. So much talent there. Um, but what are your thoughts on the licensed skins? Does this actually need to happen? Um, yeah, well, it, it definitely would be a nice touch, but I think Halo Infinite, I, I'm not so full of praise like you about the game right now, honestly. Um, no, 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 but this I is a conversational think... podcast. Please, yeah, by yeah. all means, if you have negative no, things um, to say, say it. And I, I, and you know, I hate to be the negative Nancy here on, on, on the panel, but, um, I think, um, Halo has so many issues right now that skins are the least of them. Um, of course, it would be a nice touch. And like you said, uh, if they want to be in that conversation of an Apex, of a Fortnite, of a all these other big uh, shooter, free-to-play shooters, um, skins are definitely one thing. And I fully agree with Josh. Um, skins should be something unique to your character, you know? Um something to to differentiate yourself and like you guys like you that have finished the battle pass everyone has the same stuff and everyone more or less looks the same so of course that would be a cool thing and like daniel said uh it's it's beyond me why it's not already in there at least for the ips they they own yeah why isn't doom guy in there why isn't i don't know bj blaskovich in there (laughs) something like that um they have so many IPs now and so many iconic characters that they could do that um, easily. And and um, but the thing is, uh, do I want them to do that? Uh, honestly, obviously, eight hundred developers at three for three are not enough uh, people to make more than two maps a year. And so, no, I don't want them to do uh, or focus on stuff like that. But get the core experience in order, and that means. Proper new maps, uh, a lot of new maps, uh, more maps. Uh, it means different modes. And um, yes, Halo has a ton of modes, but they all kind of play the same. Um, where is that PvPVE mode? Where is a Battle Royale take? Where is something that plays different than what we currently have? And um, the lack of content is just something... That is beyond me how you can treat your most valuable IP like that. Um, It saddens me because like everyone on this panel said, I fully agree that they nailed the core 
core gameplay experience. Um, it, it feels incredible well. The movement is on point. The, the grappling hook is fantastic. But the lack of content is beyond me. And I can't make any excuses in any way, shape or form. Uh, having the biggest budget and the biggest studio in the well, Xbox Well, they have the roster. biggest studio in all of Xbox game studios. That's Yeah, and one of the plus. biggest studios in the world, uh, honestly. And being able to do what they do right now is... It is beyond me. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I can't make any excuses or defend them, this in any shape, way, shape, or form. And I know a lot of people uh, don't like to hear that. But yeah, um, this, this is going to be a tough thing to turn around because even if maps are going to drop uh, eventually, hopefully, uh, I hope that the damage they have caused over the first year isn't too big um, and that this game will be the success we all want it to be. But uh, as of right now, I don't see that happening. Um, and I truly hope that this um, um, certain affinity game mode, whatever it will be, whether it will be a battle yeah, royale Yeah, they've already or confirmed that else, it is battle royale. It's just going to be their version of it. Yeah. Um, so uh, that this is, is uh, going to save Halo uh, and that it will launch with enough content um, until 343 gets their shit together and yeah, um, I do hope that skins are uh, are a nice touch, but it's definitely not the thing that uh, they need right now. It's it's actual game content. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can't argue with anything that you said, brother. Like I said, I understand that our opinions different in regards to where I'm playing it and why you're not playing it. Completely understand. Oh, don't get me wrong, I play it. Um, last weekend we play had a, a community game night with Dronty Che here in chat, oh, wondering nice. Dutch P Sean. Uh, was on there we had had fun um but honestly i we played like the first two hours we played battle a uh, big team battle yeah. yeah and we had the chance to play one time the new map and uh, the rest of the time we were playing the old maps that we all know in and out and then uh we moved over to arena and a couple of other modes and we never got to play the other map new map once uh for the rest wow. of the night it is just it is so frustrating, and as much as I enjoy playing it with my friends and with the community, because like I said, it is a fantastic experience, I just feel it is a letdown, and I can't see that this is grabbing the attention of someone outside of the hardcore gaming community. I, I just can't see that. Uh, it is for us hardcore gamers a cool game. We have fun with our friends, but everyone outside of this core hardcore fan base honestly i don't see that right now i mean listen you, you, fantastic points listen vj i have to attack your retail brain once again <laughs> uh halo infinite for its yeah. many faults has a tremendous amount has a has an incredible foundation to build on right there's there's no doubt about it <laughs> if the gameplay sucked on top of not having content they might have just killed the franchise. 343 found a way to release an incredible single-player campaign, which was absolutely fantastic, and a multiplayer that even though it, it's lacking in you know a map uh, content, still an incredibly fun game to play. People are playing it. I, I, I can't stop playing it. But I do want to grab your opinion on the importance of not being Fortnite. Nobody wants Halo to be Fortnite. But with I personally say I look to me I look like dead a Deadpool, my my skin on on there right now, 
And that's why I don't want to change it because I love Deadpool. Now, would I like would I like to be able to change his legs to red? Yeah, there, there are some things that they, you just can't do in Halo that's perplexing yeah. to me. The, the the shader situation is like, guys, you know, I, some of the colors that you picked, not so great. You should give me the, the consumer. Let me go in and change the colors palette to what I want so it can be my unique character. Um, yeah. And that's not that not in fact the case. But I, I want to talk about character skins. A lot of people in the chat. We have over three hundred and thirty people here. Had some really great ideas, really amazing ideas. Can Xbox propel Halo Infinite along with the Fortnites and the Apex Legends and the Call of Duty War Zones with unique skins with team ups with Star Wars with Marvel? With DC, where you're not you're not dressing as Dead uh, Deadpool, you're not dressing as Batman, but your armor resembles the Cape Crusader. Your armor armor will have a giant S on it if you buy the Superman skin. Could that be a, a, a potential selling point for new customers? Um, I think the answer. There's two things here, Boom. I thought the whole point of Halo um, Infinite multiplayer being free to play was that they were looking to or planning to generate incredible amounts of revenue through microtransactions. So then to answer your second question in regards to can Xbox propel Halo Infinite multiplayer or free to play, etc., um, to the levels of Fortnite, etc., well, they're going to have to follow suit to some degree <clears throat> because they've laid the groundwork as to how to monetize a free to play game. And the issue is, is can they do it? Yes, but the problem I have with can they do it, and the yes, simple yes, is because most people refer to the bank balance. But the problem is, as I just have a real issue in terms of what is happening at Microsoft, and is, has Phil been creatively ruthless enough to change change the personnel and his immediate management team, right? that keep causing him the same issues that have been going on for as long as I've been on this podcast, which is two years. And we pointed yep. out two years ago and I don't want to go down that road because I want to kind of just touch on the topics. Uh, some of the, some of the points that the panel made, look, I played halo campaign. I completed most of it. I don't play halo multiplayer. I have no idea how the proclaimed 10 year plan is looking right now. Um, I thought Joseph uh, Staten would go in and make huge changes. And the first thing you do is go in and say, listen, you know what? We know we're in a mess. We know we've got a year to fix this game. But listen, by the way, in terms of the 10 year land, what's the roadmap looking at? Even though it's not a priority, you'd still look at it and think what's going on. And I'm kind of going off on the back of what Boxenberg is saying, because it's kind of baffling as to in terms of what's going on. So as a layman, as someone who's not as educated or as creative as the rest of our esteemed panel, for me, I've got some really simple questions, as in, is it still on track? Um, is it still is the game and its roadmap still on track? Or is it being reevaluated or repropagated? Or is it even still feasible or viable? I, I, I simply don't have the answers to those questions, because I'm not as well informed as everyone else on this panel. And <clears throat> I know there are questions um, alongside the ones that have been proposed today, right, in terms of what's happening and should they do this and should they do the skins and so on and so forth. And I guess June the 12th may provide some answers. It just seems like that June 12th show, 90 minutes is not going to be long enough based on the number of questions this panel raises on a weekly basis. And then you've got, <laughs> I love it. Then you've got um, Doom and, and um, the Fallout skins you mentioned, Boom. If, if studios have alleged or, purpur or purportive a purported uh, creative freedom and control over their own destiny, that means including their own IP, then they will be inadvertently very protective of said IP. And if they don't see the value 
in aiding and supporting Halo for reasons we don't know or aren't privy to, the inevitably raises even more queries and questions in terms of collaboration and more so belief in one another. All these studios all working in silos because longer term they need their games to perform so they get a bigger chunk of the Game Pass subscription funds when this when this investment mode changes into investment mode that Xbox are currently in turns into profit mode in terms of, hey, we need a return on what we've invested with you know, nine or hundred billion dollars, right? And just in studios recently. In regarding to uh, license IP, you know, in terms of, you know, Marvel, Star Wars and so on and so forth, this is where I've got <clears throat> the biggest question. Original IP and focusing on original IP as in terms of why, you know, they missed out on Insomniac. And we, I talked about Insomniac last year. I said that Microsoft had Insomniac in the palm of their hands at one point when Sony had literally just walked away Right. Yeah. So and what I'm saying is that there's nothing wrong in focusing on on original IP. It's commendable, but not a pragmatic approach and nowhere near a holistic perception of what the company and Game Pass in its essence, in its core, is supposed to afford gamers. Right. And I'm talking about Game Pass here. And look, I can't be mistaken here because. It's not like Xbox doesn't have the savvy or the knowledge or the know-how in terms of licensing in or licensing out, whether it's third party, first party, and so on and so forth. They do it on a, they do it on a day-to-day basis, right, given the amount of content that goes into Game Pass. So I'd say they're pretty adept at it. So there's no excuse that they don't have the, the know-how or the personnel to, you know, to achieve such sort of, I would say, low benchmark, um, you know, sort of um, targets, right, from where a consumer standpoint is because everybody else does it. And... It just seems that each and every week something seems to be heaped onto the sort of pile of, um, I don't know, scepticism, bewilderment, and expectation in regards to Xbox. And June the 12th for me just can't come, come, can't, come, can't come soon enough. It's about, and as I've said to you, June the 12th for me is purely about progression uh, of the division and nothing more. If there is more, then as a gamer, surely that, that in itself will be a massive bonus and, and a welcome note. And I hope that the skin announcement and in terms of where Halo's going has got to be a part of that boom. As, as you guys mentioned, this, was it one of the biggest studios or the biggest studios had the most funding and the most time to develop a game? And yeah. look, hopefully, I'm going to finish up June, uh, boom. I, don't, I know we're sort of running a little late, but hopefully June the 12th will dispel some or much of the current views towards Xbox and Microsoft and their historical attempts to invest their way into industries that seem ripe and apt for commercial gain, first and foremost. And then they seem to sort of look at maintaining popular media and consumer opinion. That, that, has, that narrative has to change and quickly. And Game Pass, as I've said so many times on the show, is greater than the sum of its parts. Sorry, in the sum of its part is greater than the sum of its parts. And first-party uh, licensed content, externally licensed content, has to be a key component of that. Um, from especially from the viewpoint and standpoint of the mass gaming majority. And I just sometimes wonder why. Well, I'm not wondering. I kind of have a real gut feeling as to why Xbox sometimes miss the boat or don't see it from our perspective. And um, and that that is probably perhaps you know sort of my views on that are probably held back until after June the twelfth. Yeah, I mean, listen, June twelfth, which you're going to be a part of that 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 stream uh, is going to be amazing. The coming weeks for not only myself, everyone on this panel is going to have a lot to say. Definitely, please get out there and check out their channel. Subscribe to everyone. Support gamers that actually care about the community. Everyone here really does a great job on not only interacting and reaching out, but putting out content that's worthy of your time. Real quick, Pragmatic Eagle, who has been a member for 33 months. My goodness, dude. Thank you. He says, good afternoon, gamers. Smash that like button. 
I appreciate your fellows on the panel. Love the diverse opinions. Yes, thank you very much for that. It's what we do here on Double Barrel Gaming. Uh, we're not always going to agree, and I absolutely think that, that we are at our best when we don't. Uh, I love the different opinions. No one's opinion is wrong. Everyone's opinion is uh, their own, and they are entitled to that, as well as the, I mean, we had almost 400 people here. So again, I want to apologize for the hiccup as we started, but that was not my fault. That was YouTube just doing what well YouTube does. But let's get to the outros, folks. Uh, real quick, you see that for the fourth week in a row, Manscaped is uh, is obviously sponsoring Double Barrel Gaming. We'll be doing our new commercial tomorrow evening that, of course, all the commercials are written by the middle-aged game guy. And this one, this one tops them all. Um, if you're going to use the pause button tomorrow night, maybe it, uh, again, if you want to get over to manscaped.com, you can type in the code dbg20 at checkout for 20 percent off and of course free shipping on worldwide on your order uh and again we we i don't know if they're gonna re-sponsor the channel next month but they did sponsor it for four uh for four weeks which is crazy considering the size of the channel so again thank you so much for supporting the barrel gaming in that way let's get to the outros i'm gonna start first with our special guest daniel mcgee you knocked it out of the park, my brother. Sell <laughs> your brand. Tell everyone where they can check out the Daniel McGee YouTube channel. And where could people reach out to you and strike up a conversation on social media? Sure thing. So you can find me on YouTube at Daniel McGee. That's Daniel MCG, just like it says right there. there. Yep, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. It was in the other corner. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Daniel J. McGee. Daniel McGee was already taken. So I threw an initial in there. Uh, I basically <laughs> I just it. talk about all the same stuff that is on this sort of channel, right? It's video game news. It's occasionally reviews, although I, I'm still small enough that I don't really get review codes. So don't expect those to be anywhere near on time. But uh, uh, I'd love to see you guys stop by. So please do. Yeah, thank you for being here, Daniel. Uh, obviously, once you're you're in and you've done an amazing job as you have, you will be invited back. Uh, maybe we'll have you back after E3 to kind of talk about did Microsoft deliver? Did they did did they save face with gamers? Did they uh, you know sell us hopes and dreams that we've seen both Nintendo and Sony do? And we'll know all of those answers in 12 days. Uh, so thank you for being here, Boxenberger. Let's get you out of here because I know it's late in your neck of the woods. By all means, you have a lot going on. You're going to be <laughs> I on truly what, do. You say 11 shows in uh, uh, in 13 days, which is yeah. bonkers. Uh, sell your brand, brother. Tell everyone where they can check out your incredible YouTube channel. Potentially tune in to your predictions show, and also where could people reach out to you on social media? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, it's it's it was a blast. Um, very opinionated show. I love it. Um, Daniel, you did a fantastic debut here. Uh, uh, good job <laughs> out there. And of course, it's always a blast with Josh and BJ. Um, you guys are awesome. So yeah, people can find me uh, uh, under Boxenberger everywhere. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of stuff coming. Um, on my channel, I will have different live shows. I will, of course, have a um, post show to every major event, like the Jeff Keighley Summer Game uh, Showcase. I will have the Xbox International crew on um, uh, to discuss everything that was announced at the game 
Summer Game Fest, I will have, of course, a reaction uh, live show for the big Xbox showcase on June 12th. I have the entire Game pa uh, Green Pass uh, gaming crew on. That's And a couple of special drop-in, uh, drop-out guests. It's going to be awesome. But the thing you mentioned earlier is probably the thing <laughs> that is uh, going to be nuts. And that is the um, big prediction show uh, on June 11th, Saturday, June 11th, the day before the big Xbox showcase. I will have at 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. UK time or 8 p.m. Central Europe. A prediction show with 15, uh, and, and the number is growing. I actually, I just had Miles Dampier also confirmed for the show. I nice. have Chess Corden, Randall Thor, Lord Cognito, Ainsley from Season Gaming, Insipid Ghost, Mr. Bad, but you, my good friend, will be there and a lot of other people. Like I said, all the biggest names uh, from the content creation uh, scene will be on that show. It's going to be a drop-in, drop-out kind of show. We will run for probably two to three hours. Um, people will drop in and out, give their predictions, and have some great discussions. It's going to be crazy, It's going, but it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. So I definitely uh, recommend to tune in there. And otherwise, I will be later this evening on the Indie Gamer podcast um, doing some predictions for all the little other showcases that no one seems to talk about, but there will are a lot of other showcases over the next days. Uh, we will talk about those later on the Indie Gamer channel, so highly recommend that as well. And otherwise, boom, I see you very soon on, on another show of yours. So, yes, yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Uh, Josh, sell your brand, brother. Tell them where they can check you out on TikTok. Where can they check out the Halo show on YouTube? And more importantly, where can people reach out to you on social media? You guys are going to find me everywhere at N64Josh. I host the Halo Infinite podcast as well as the Nintendo Powercast and a number of other shows. I mean, literally everywhere is N64Josh. I've got the, I've got the website. Uh, there's, uh, you can go to N64Josh.com slash links if you want to have all those things in a very easy place to be able to, to connect. I am live on TikTok every day around 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, usually racing Mario Kart, maybe playing some retro games. We're just having a good time hanging out. And uh, as always, love, love hanging out with you guys. And uh, thank you guys for putting up with me. No, no, dude, listen, you're, you're a staple of this show, brother. And we're glad to have you. Uh, but thank you for being here. VJ, you're, you're not really selling anything, but we still you're still on, on the social. So tell everyone if they want to strike up a conversation with you on social media. How do they reach out to you, brother? Yeah, but I'm trying to sell thin air at the moment. Um, <laughs> uh, I wasn't, I wasn't fully, I wasn't fully compass mentors today, so apologies for that. And I would just suggest that everyone follow the panel. I just enjoy attending, and uh, see you next week. Uh, boom! And uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm probably going to mess about my PS5 and then and continue playing Lost Judgment on the Series X. Nice. And that's about, and that's about the uh, that's about the um, nuts and bolts of it. Well, listen, congratulations getting PS5. Super hard to get. I know that the uh, GameStop had them uh, over the weekend, which is, I think each store got like seven, <laughs> six or seven of them. Listen, I, I support everything. Uh, I'm an Xbox guy first. Uh, and right now I have no reason to play my PlayStation 5, which is fine. Um, I'm enjoying Halo. And that's all that matters to me. But listen, folks, I want to say a big thank you to the near 400 people we had come out and uh, tune into this podcast, even with this bit of a hiccup that we normally don't have. And thank you for sticking around and uh, 
hitting the like button on your way out. And of course, I want to thank all the super chats. It's been quite a few of them. Uh, your support obviously allows Mrs. Boomstick and I to do big giveaways. There are three more coming up for the remainder of 2022. We're making those announcements as we get close. Uh, and of course, I'm going to close out the show, folks, with something that's important to me. Hopefully, one day, it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he said, "Craig, treat others how you want to be treated, and also it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules, son. I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast." <laughs>